Okay, glad you're all here. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, uh, verse uh, chapter 10. We're going to look at 19 through 22. Let's read that. Uh, so, look in your Bibles there, follow along as I read. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. Here it is, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, His flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, here it is, the one command... In everything we've read so far, here's the one command. Let us draw near with sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. If you look at verses 19 and 20 that we just read, you'll see that they remind us of one simple truth. And it's this. Entering into God's holy presence is a holy privilege that's made possible by a holy provision in order to be a holy priority in our lives. In other words, through the new and living way of our sinless high priest, King Jesus, we can boldly enter the most holy place with confidence. And the most holy place in the entire universe is the very presence of the thrice holy God, who in Scripture is always called holy, holy, holy is our God. In other words, as New Testament believers in this Jesus, this Jesus who was a sinless high priest, this Jesus who offered himself as a wrath satisfying sacrifice for your sins, my sins, the sins of the world, believing in that Jesus makes you a believer priest so that you can now enter on the basis of His blood, His body, into the very presence of God. That's what it means in verse uh, 19. We have confidence to enter the holy place, the most holiest place on the planet. So, here's the big idea, though. When you look at verse 22, verses 19 and 20, those are all prepositional phrases, clauses. That's all stuff giving the basis. But in verses 19 through 22, there's one command. And that one command is, let us draw near. Let us draw near. So, let me give you the big idea of verse 22. And it's there in your notes. Confidence to enter into God's holy presence is shown, first of all, by taking bold action to draw near as New Covenant believer priests. Draw near as New Covenant believer priests. And we saw last week, as we really delved into verse 22, we saw last week this point that new covenant believer priests draw near with confident attitudes. Confident attitudes. So, this week we're going to talk about taking bold action. But that bold action doesn't come unless you have the confident attitude of how you can enter. And so that's kind of catches us up. And it If you look again, there in your notes, 
It says, in Christ, there is new covenant transformation and purification that's for the church now, and it's for Israel in the future. And when you look at Ezekiel 36, which I believe I have there in your notes, Ezekiel 36, verses 24 through 28, you see the promise of a new covenant that was given to Israel, but Christ is the one that initiated that covenant. And now Israel has been set aside due to the hardness of their hearts. And those who believe in Jesus are formed into a new assembly, the church. And we get in on the promises of Israel. But that doesn't mean that Israel won't experience these things in the future. And so let's take a look at verses 24 through 28. Here's God's promise. Notice the I wills. That is God making a sovereign promise of here's what I'm going to do in the future. So take a look at that. Ezekiel 36 Verse 24, for I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands and bring you into your own land. That is a specific promise to Israel as a nation. You can't spiritualize that away. God was speaking that to the nation of Israel. Then he says this, and when I regather you, by the way, is all of Israel gathered back in the land? No. Is that a settled deal that there's no controversy over and it's been established? No. This is still a future promise for Israel. And we know when this happens, because here's what he's going to do. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, that heart of stubborn unbelief. Talked about that last week. And give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. You will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers so that you will be my people and I will be your God. And so, on either side of this great new covenant promise of a new heart with the Holy Spirit living inside you, is a promise to Israel that He's going to do this for the nation gathered in the land. But when Jesus came, they rejected Him as King. And so God disciplined His chosen people, the covenant of Israel, the people of, covenant people of Israel, set them to a side and did a new thing that hadn't been uh, revealed in the Old Testament. He created the New Testament local church, of which we are one of those. And through Christ, we have gotten in on these promises. And we should be humbled, because they're promises to Israel that we as Gentiles get to get in on because of what Christ has done, not because of who we are. And so we're enjoying that, and we get to be New Covenant believer priests. But one day, when Jesus comes again... He will affect this covenant with the nation of Israel. And then the church and Israel together will enter into eternity, the millennial kingdom and the new creation. That's the big picture. Here's the story I want to tell you, though. Here's the story I want to tell you, the picture. If you haven't figured it out, the English monarchy is all the rage right now. Right? I mean, some people don't care, but 
it is. Okay, so it began with Downton Abbey, right? Any Downton Abbey fans here? Okay, that started. And now Netflix has the series The Crown, and it travel. You know, it, it's it's the story of Princess Margaret and Princess Elizabeth and the English monarchy. And Gwen and I happened to see a movie the other day called A Royal Night Out. And it was an interesting movie. It was a good movie. Royal Night Out. And I think it was fictional. It kind of tried to portray it as real. It was based around VE Day, Victory in Europe Day. And the premise of the story was that Princess Margaret and Princess Elizabeth asked the king and queen for permission to go out on the town and celebrate with the nation and the people of, of, of England uh, in London, obviously on this great event, Victory in Europe Day. We don't have, we can't even begin to comprehend what that felt like. And so the princesses, according to this movie, young princesses, I think Elizabeth was 21 and I think Margaret's four years older. I'm really getting into the English monarch here. And uh, they convince them to go out on the town. So they go incognito, they go out on the town, and the whole movie's about the, you can imagine what happens when two princesses are out on the town. But there's one, one aspect of this that is, a, that is very um, familiar to the people of, of Britain. And it's when the king is going to come out on the balcony and address, or at least show him, and not even address because he's so far away, you can't hear him, he's going to address the people. And here's Elizabeth, some soldier has picked her up along the way, and a little, uh, you know, sparks are flying a little bit, that kind of angry sparks, and then love, and then whatever. You know, who knows what happened. So, she, he takes her to Buckingham Palace. And there are these masses of people outside Buckingham Palace. And they're celebrating. And they're rejoicing. And they're just pressed in against the gate. And she's worked her way to the front, and she's pressed in. And the people... Are, are chanting, we want the king. We want the king. We want the king. And as a New Testament believer priest, I can't help but get chills listening to that and realizing that is a, should be our heart's desire, right? They just want to see him. It's a moment of celebration. They want to see him be he, because he represents all that they are. And he represents them. And he has led them through this fight against great evil. And they have victory. And they are chanting, we want the king. And then the moment comes that they have gathered for. And the king and queen come out on that balcony. And they do the royal wave, which I don't even know how they do it. But they do something, you know. And the crowd goes wild. It goes wild. Because he represents all that they are. And they're going wild and yet he's way up high on this balcony. These two tiny little figures... And their way, and there's this fence, and this great distance between them. And here's Princess Elizabeth experiencing this for the first time from the outside, right? She's usually up there on the balcony. She's on the outside, and she sees what the commoners experience. And she's now like a mere subject, and she can't get near him. And yet, there's a difference about her, and that's what makes it interesting. Because everybody else knows they can't go beyond that gate. 
But Elizabeth can. She knows she's a daughter of the king. She has that confident attitude that if she would take off, you know, say who she was, the gate would immediately open and she would draw near. And she would have the authority to not only draw near, but enter in to the most intimate living spaces of the king and queen. And if she so choose, she could even hug the king. With permission, without, you know, without getting permission. Although I don't think they were a hugging family. But she could have. You see, all Elizabeth had to do was exercise her rights, her privileges to draw near. Now, can you imagine being in that position and not exercising those privileges? And yet, I think a lot of Christians, professing Christians, true or otherwise, I don't know who are outside the gate and sadly aren't pressed up against it, shouting, we want the king. They're like, oh yeah, Buckingham Palace, been by it numerous times. Yeah, but you can go in. You can interact with the king and queen. Oh, I've got other things to do. You see, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about wanting the king and and having... The authority, the access, the approval to draw near. And I hope last week gave you that confident attitude. Today I want to help you to take the bold action. Because that night, Princess Elizabeth didn't enter in at that moment because she didn't choose to do so. But we need to choose to do so. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to give you three principles Three principles for taking bold action to draw near. Because just because you have the privilege doesn't mean you're enjoying it unless you take bold action. So here's principle number one. Are you ready? Believer priests take bold action for the right purpose. You need to draw near for the right purpose. Okay, and so let me give you three ways to think about what's the right purpose. Number one, draw near to know and enjoy God through intimate worship in His holy presence. Draw near to know and enjoy God. This isn't a duty. This isn't a burden. This is a blessing. We draw near to know and enjoy God through intimate worship. And let me say this, and I'll say it again. Intimate worship is what draw near really means. Intimate worship. I gave you a couple passages of scripture. Moses, uh, the book of Hebrews is always building off of the tabernacle experience of the people in the wilderness. And in the tabernacle, in the wilderness, there was a tabernacle where God's altar and the Holy of Holies was located. But the people of Israel were outside. But there was really Only one person that spoke to God in an intimate way, and that was Moses. And so in Exodus 33, 11, here's what it says about intimate knowledge and relationship with God. Listen to Exodus 33, 11. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. So here's this holy God that you see in the Old Testament. And that's who he is now as well. And yet here's a mere man who uh, Moses had anger issues. 
This guy wasn't sinless. He wasn't, he wasn't any really different than us. And yet here he is able to have face-to-face just as a man. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So it's not just Moses, it's Joshua. Even though Joshua didn't have the access, he could get near it and he didn't ever want to leave. He never wanted to leave. Guess who replaces Moses? Joshua. Why? Because leadership is not about just skill and competency. Spiritual leadership is about nearness to God. And so that's what he had. Listen to Psalm 103.7. I heard this verse uh, first time in college in a leadership training for missions, and it's never left me. Psalm 103.7. It's speaking of, of the Lord, and he says, He made known his ways to Moses... His acts to the sons of Israel. And there's a difference there because Israel could not draw near. They just saw what God was doing. Wow, that's cool. That's exciting. Glad he delivered us. Hey, that Red Sea thing was pretty awesome. Those ten plagues. Wow, we saw all that. But see, Moses learned his ways because he knew him in an intimate, personal fashion. God made himself known personally to them. I think that's, isn't that amazing? Okay, so you can either come to church <coughs> and watch watch what God is doing in our church, watch what God is doing in the lives of others, or you can get in on that by having a personal relationship with Him. Number one, when we draw near to God in this way, the goal is to know Him as He really is, not as we want Him to be or as we think Him to be. If you start getting into this book on a regular basis, your views of God will change radically because we are all programmed by the flesh, the world, and the devil to think God is small and we are big. But when you get into His Word, you realize, I've been, wa- I've been basically worshiping an idol of my own making. God is big, I am small, and I'm seeing things about God that make me... If you never read the Word and see things about God that make you uncomfortable, then you're not reading the Word. Does that make sense? In other words, the God who is there is is not one I could ever imagine. It has to be revealed to me. Okay, that's important. Number two, goal is to know Him in a personal way and a congregational way. A personal way and a congregational way. Drawing near is just another way of saying worship. And drawing near to worship is both personal and congregational. So I don't want you to leave here today thinking this is just about me and God and my quiet time, my time alone with Him. Because this command, as well as the one in 23 and verse 24, is in the plural, let us, let us draw near. So we do it individually, but we also do it as a congregation. And by the way, the two feed and fuel one another. The person who is truly drawing near to God personally during the week will be excited and make it a priority to draw near congregationally. And if you are really drawing near congregationally and not just going through the motions this Sunday, you will want to get to know this God and draw near to Him 
during the week. Make sense? So they both feed one another and they both fuel one another. Talk to uh, Bill this, this morning. I won't divulge anything. It wasn't anything secret but since I hadn't asked him. But we talked this morning, right? And Bill said, yeah, he was talking about last week's worship. And he said, all week I was thinking about this. See, it feeds and fuels. That's exactly what ought to be going on, right? All right. Uh, number three, the goal is to know him through a variety of ways. The goal is to know him through a variety of ways. And we don't have the time in this lesson, but from Hebrews 10 to Hebrews 13, there are numerous ways to draw near to God. So I don't want you to think it's just going to, we're going to talk this morning about reading scripture and prayer. Those are the basics. Those are the main things, but they aren't the only ways. You can draw near by giving. We're talking about money matters as a church. You can draw near by singing, praying, reading, hearing, loving, sharing, eating. It's all mixed in there. Okay, so I want to broaden your view of what drawing near is. It's a lifestyle. Does that make sense? And we can draw near for a variety of reasons. As you move through the book of Hebrews, you draw near to get saved. And sadly, some people just leave it at that. You can draw near to get prayers answered in need. You can draw near when you don't have strength to draw near. You can draw near when you don't want to draw near and get grace in those times of needs, get mercy. So I've given you all sorts of verses in Hebrews that tell you about drawing near, but you want to see there's all sorts of reasons and then there's all sorts of ways. And really this Chapter 10, if you look in your notes, this series is based on the six ways to draw near that are just in chapter 10. Draw near by drawing near, by holding fast, by staying close, by living true or pure, and by pressing on. So there's all these ways. And then lastly, we draw near to please God with an obedient faith. We draw near to please God with an obedient faith and a surrendered life. Remember in chapter 10, earlier in chapter 10, it says that we draw near like Jesus drew near. Jesus said, Lord, we know that you don't desire sacrifices and offerings. What you desire is a surrendered heart. Behold, here I am. You have given me a body. I will obey and do your will. That really ought to be the last thing we say to the Lord after congregational worship. And it really ought to be the last thing we say to the Lord when we draw near to Him in our quiet time, time alone with Him every day. If if we're drawing near to God and our lives are not becoming more like Jesus. We're not sinning less. If we're sinning the same or more, then we're not really drawing near to the Holy God. Make sense? And if you're struggling with sin this morning, and we all do, but if you're struggling with a hidden sin, if you're struggling with an addictive uh, sin, then that sin is driving you not to draw near to God. You need to break that pattern. And draw near to Him. Get honest with Him. 
Let Him cleanse that. Understand that you're already forgiven if you're a believer and begin to make it a holy habit to draw near to Him. And then finally, we draw near to bridge the gap. We draw near to bridge the gap. We draw near to bridge the gap between God and those who don't know Him. Now, in this series so far, we've been talking about believer-priest and the privilege of drawing near to God. But remember what a priest was. A priest was a mediator between God and others. And we forget that. We draw near so that we can draw others near to Him. Isn't that good? We draw near to God and then we go out among the world and we share with them what God's really like. Because everybody thinks they know what God is, but if they're not, if they don't know Him, if they're not in His Word, their image of God is a false god, an idol. Now you don't start with that. Hi, just want to tell you, your God's an idol. I know the real God. Would you like me to share with you? And what are they going to say? You're crazy. Go away. No, you say, hey, who do you think God is? And you listen to them. But in the process, you say, you know, the other day I was just reading. You know, the other day I was just praying. You know, the other day, God confronted me on this. And so we as a church are life bridge. You are to draw near to God to be a life bridge to others. We draw near to know Christ so we can bridge the gap to others who don't know Him. We draw near to grow in Christ so we can bridge the gap to others that are not growing. We draw near to God to show what Christ is by how we live and love and serve and give so that we can bridge the gap to others that don't. And we bridge the gap so that we can go and bridge the gap to those who don't know Him. So the first principle is, in taking bold action to draw near, do it for the right purpose. Amen? All right, number two. Believers take bold action with two main practices. And here they are. We're going to move these quickly because I have some people give testimonies. Draw near to speak to Him through prayer. If you trace through the book of Hebrews, drawing near comes down to two things. You draw near to speak to Him in prayer, and you draw near to hear from Him through the Word. Word and prayer. Prayer, us speaking to God and listening to Him, and Word, God speaking to us, and us praying that back to Him. Prayer is one of the two major ways that we draw near. Now, how do you do that? It's real simple. And we take some of us here take this for granted, but this may be new. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Spirit. That's the New Testament way to pray. Now, you say, well, if I pray to Jesus, am I wrong? No, I'm not saying you're wrong on that, but that's just not the pattern in the New Testament. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Spirit. I dated a girl in college who had issues with her dad and who would never pray to God as Father. Now, why I was dating a girl with those issues, I don't know. And it didn't last. Hallelujah. Gwen was watching from afar, wondering what I was doing. Right? Yeah. She was. She's like, what's, what's that idiot doing? Uh, he's being an idiot. You do that in college. Well, 
That's not how you pray. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, the power of the Spirit. When do you pray? Pray without ceasing in specific times. Every believer after a while learns the, the, learns the pray without ceasing. And that is the Christian go-to if you're not drawing near to God and someone asks you how your prayer life is. I pray all the time. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now, you pull that with me, I'm going to ask more questions, okay? Yeah, I get it. We, yeah, yeah, I get it. We all pray all the time. Yeah, oh my gosh, that car almost hit me. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we pray all the time. No, yes, we are to pray like all the time. But we're also to have intentional, specific times. Jesus drew alone to secluded places. That was his habit. Right? And he talks about getting alone where no one can see you. So, so yes, pray all the time, but at specific times. When do you draw near to God in prayer? Number three, what? Pray according to the pattern Jesus taught to his followers. What do I pray? So many people struggle with what to pray. And if you're not careful, you fall into the habit of praying for the same things, which is basically me, 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 and mine, mine, mine. And I've found by praying a, a pattern. And so here's the pattern I use based off the Lord's Prayer. P-R-A-Y. Pray. Get it? P is what, Terry? Praise. Yes, praise. You praise God for who He is and what He's done. I always like to read and then I pray, right? Uh, R is repent, confess sins, come clean before God. A is ask. For yourself and for others, including our global partners. And why is yield? Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Quick lesson on prayer. Yeah, but how do I do this? Well, pray using a tool or an app. A software application. And so we're going to have Todd come on up here, race up here like the wild man that you are and... He's going to show us the Prayer Mate app. And he's got cold too, don't you? Yeah, I'm going to try not to breathe all over your Bible and stuff. <laughs> That's right. It's already been shared. <laughs> <laughs> all right, first of all, the Prayer Mate app, um, you, you see it in the notes, but also this is what it looks like on your tablet or Bible. You open it up and you got your Prayer Mate app. So, what is it? It's a tool. I mean, it's a tool that really just it helps organize or structure prayer. Um, it, it helps to do the work of prayer. When I think of prayer, and I say the work of prayer, that's not the drudgery, digging ditches kind of work. It's the fulfilling, desirable effort that you put into something that gives fulfillment and satisfaction kind of work. But it takes effort and takes discipline. This helps. It's a tool to use in the work of prayer. Um, it's, you know, Chris talked about that set-aside time of prayer. It's a great tool for that. It doesn't replace um, the the unstructured walk, you know, the, as I put it, when I'm walking the dog prayer, um, when there's, there's time, this past year, there's been times of great difficulty and struggles where the prayer made app gets set aside and it's just laments and pain crying out to God. And then there's times of great rejoicing and gratefulness that, again, you set aside the app because it's emotion and love and the Spirit speaks for you. And there's times like that. But then it's the day-to-day of 
man, I need to spend time with God, that the Prayer Made app is really useful and, and beneficial for me. So um, it effectively replaces existing prayer lists, note cards, prayer books, notebooks, things like that. Um, it behaves like, you know, the old little tin um, index card files that you have, or I guess you can get them plastic now. You know, you open it up, and then it's got the A, B, C, D, and got no index note cards in there. It's kind of how it works. It's just a digital version. And so you, got, you go in there, and it's got the first little um, heading on there. Instead of A, B, C, D, you just name whatever that is. Okay, instead of A, it's family. And then there's all the index cards behind that with either people's names and maybe details on it and stuff like that. It digitizes that. It's got basically digital lists um, that you name the list, and then within that list are um, that. Let me uh, do a pull. Quickly pull up. The, so my it's got your list, but and for me I, I do it through the P R A Y. So I start with praise, and, it, and it's got my list of praise things you're going to pray for. And basically, it pulls in scripture for some of that, and then you can put specific things you want to praise for. Then personal godliness. That's the nice way of saying repentance and confession. Um, and it pulls in scripture that you can pray in confession and, and do some things. But then it's got my family. Um, and then it's got all the, basically, the index cards underneath that. And uh, my church, my grow group. Hey, Aaron, there you are. And so whenever that index card comes up with Aaron, it's got Aaron there with Sarah and Brittany for salvation. You know, and so, and you can pray through those lists. And, you know. World missions. It's got our missionaries, and so you you can create these lists and all the things within those lists. Then, when it's time for prayer, you start the app and you just swipe, and it, it goes in order. And then you let's say you got a list, and you got thirty people. You got all of our missionaries. Well, I'm not going to pray for all of our missionaries every day. You can rotate it however you want. You can set it up to um, do two missionaries a day, one missionary a day, one mission. You know, you can kind of do it. I you know, for our um, our family, I do four people in our family each day and it just rotates through those lists so it acts like that index box but it automates that process of how many you're going to pray for and who you're going to pray for it lets you add notes answers to prayer things like that but what it's not you know this is what we like we would like apps to fix everything it doesn't fix a lack of prayer if you're not using current tools you're not going to use this Um, it doesn't fix the hard issues It's not for everybody. Not everybody likes using something digital. It doesn't sound holy. Specifically, has it helped me draw near? I've talked about some of it. It's a constant reminder on my iPad. My iPad's where I do a lot of my reading and stuff like that. I don't like using my phone too much. You can use it on your phone, and and you just swipe on your phone. So I use it whenever I pull up an iPad, and it's like, oh, I can go look at Twitter, or I can look at my prayer app, you know, I mean, it's just right there. You can actually set reminders on it. It'll pop up. Hey, Todd, time to pray. Um, it prompts me to pray in a pattern learned in Scripture. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it keeps me f- focused on God and others because it's easy to get in there. And it's, I'm in pain, so I'm going to focus on my pain before, God, you know. But it keeps me, it lets me pray for other things. Um, helps my mind not to wander too much. I'll let it wander some. I think there's a benefit in that, actually, of just, hey, God, where are you taking me with some of this? Who needs where the Spirit's speaking? Um, provides a listening request, talked about. Provides tools. This is one of the things I love. In fact, when Chris asked me to do this, I hadn't really, I kind of had it set up, and other than adding and taking away things in the list, I hadn't dug into it not much. 
in terms of some of the tools in there. And it actually had added some pretty cool new tools in terms of pulling scripture in. I, it had, I'd, no, then it, I'd been doing some of that, but it's added more stuff. And so it, it pulls in psalms. And so I have the psalms in there, and you can pray through psalms if you like to pray scripture. And it's got some really cool features like that. But it lets you um, structure. And so I like the tool for praying scripture. And I find that very useful for praise and confession. It's it's one thing, okay, I need to spend time in confession and repentance, but I really like having a little scripture that will remind me I'm forgiven. Um, it's just, hey, you, you know, pray that back to God. Um, and then it, it's got great tools for world missions prayer. It, you can, it pulls in stuff from Operation World. I've got the big honking book on my, in my, on my bookshelf that I've never opened other than when I got it because it's a big honking book that I don't, you know, but this just pulls in, you know, because it's Operation World. You go to that day, and there's this country you can pray through. Well, this pulls it in automatically. It does Joshua Project, which fo- focuses on the 1040 window, pulls in that country's data automatically, and you can pray through those and multiple other uh, things. So it's really cool tools to bring things into your prayer life to pray for. It's incredibly flexible for what works for you or may not work for you. And then it can be password protected. If you're putting stuff in there that you don't want others to see, it's password protected. Um, churches and organizations can actually submit prayers that we can subscribe to. It could be really cool. Missions prayer people. Um, you can add data from your contacts list to pull people in. And then it's, you know, it's, you can sync it to multiple devices. Technology-wise, it does a lot of cool stuff. So if you have more questions, I'm happy to answer. Cool. Let's give Todd a hand. Thank you, Todd. As Todd said, I have it on mine, and I don't use it for my... the. I really use it for the Lord's Prayer to follow that pattern. So, you know, when you bring it up, it says swipe, swipe left to pray, and you swipe it, and I have five items out of nine... And it just says, here's what's coming up. As you keep swiping, first thing that's going to come up is the Lord's Prayer, because I like praying through that. And then I like praying Scripture to God, so you can pick topics, walking worthy of the Lord. And then after that, I really use it for the mission stuff that Todd talked about. So I have Operation World pop up. Then you can share that then on Facebook. Hey, here's who I prayed for. Join me in praying today. So... Great stuff. Thanks, Todd. And uh, there's a lot. Now, if you're like me, I'm paranoid about, you know, Big Brother. And so, you know, I'm not going to put on this personal request because that's just me. You know, they are probably already have, like, listened into our home and know more about what I should pray for that I don't. But uh, so I don't do that. But you don't have to do that. If you're not comfortable with that, you can simply use it as the guide to take you to where you're going to go. And, and, man, you know, it's great. Great, great, great. So, prayer mate. Now, another tool that I've been using and really using instead of the prayer mate, because you don't commit to one thing and then you can't, you know, do anything else. Remember, wide variety of reasons and a wide variety of ways. What I've been using for this year is the Valley of Vision, which are Puritan prayers collected. And uh, this this version of it, it's leather bound and that kind of stuff. It's kind of pricey, but 
I'm like investing in prayer and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I have been loving this, okay? And you can go online to Banner of Truth Trust. It's online for free, so you don't even have to pay a dime. You can get cheap versions. There's thousands of versions out there. You can get a hardbound version. I like the size and the little... And I'm telling you, this thing rocking my world on on praying about aspects of God and aspects of prayer that that don't come naturally to me. Now, the Puritans can get wacky at times. So I'm not, you know, you always have to be discerning whatever you use. You know, these guys were like, I'm a worm. I'm not just a worm. I'm a horrible worm. I'm a really bad, horrible worm. Okay, I know that. I'm depraved, but I'm praying as a New, New Testament redeemed believer. So sometimes you got, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, you got to realize that. Okay, I don't need a worm prayer today, okay? But uh, they have prayers in here for the new year. They had pray- a prayer for the end of the year. And you you read it, and you let God speak to you through it, and then you pray it back to God in your own words, okay? And they chose to use all the these and thou. So, you know, I, I've got a book here that I'm using to write in, and I'll, I'll rewrite that prayer in my own words, uh, correcting the theology where needed, and and without the these and thous, okay? So if you follow me on Twitter or on uh, Facebook, you, you've seen I've shared some of these prayers. And they are, they, and there's always at least, you know, they're about two pages long. They're about two pages long. And there's always about a paragraph in there, about four lines that I'm like, wow, that is gold. That is gold. You know, right from God. And these aspects, they have prayers about the Father, the Son, the Spirit, the Church, all aspects of life. So there's another tool, a tool. All right, are you ready? Now, believer priests take bold action with two main practices. One, draw near to speak to God through prayer. And the second main practice is draw near to hear from Him through His Word. And boy, I went through the book of Hebrews and I gave you the verses there. Hebrews has a ton, there's a whole lesson and a whole kind of work you over. Read those verses in order and it'll work you over of how the power of the Word of God to speak into your life. So that's the basis. So when he says in, ver- in chapter 10, draw near to God, he knows he's already taught them in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5 about drawing near to hear from God. In fact, one of the the, uh, the favorite phase, uh, phrases and perhaps really the number one application, draw near to God, but also repeated throughout the letter to Hebrews, today. If you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Today, if you hear His voice. Well, guess what? If you're drawing near, you're going to hear His voice. And the application is don't harden your heart. Unite what you hear with faith and go and do likewise. So, uh, to make this a holy habit. So, bold at, or, 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 let's see, where am I? I'm moving all ahead. Okay, read Scripture app. Audra, come on up here. I know you were you were hoping, but we got time. Let's give Audra a hand. She always wants to get up. I keep I can't have you testifying every Sunday.
Uh, how, I know, I know. Um, Pastor Chris showed us this app um, in our small group, and it is really, really cool. It splits the Bible into 16 sections, like a chapter to show the... It shows how it all connects together, which is what I really love about it. And so um, the first section was the creation and the fall, then the covenant with Abraham, then the exodus from Egypt. So it kind of puts it all together. For each section, there's a video that shows you how each part is going to connect together. For each book of the Bible, there's a video. Sometimes there's more than one. Um, There's also videos for themes, like there's a holiness one. We... That happened just this week when we talked about um, Moses, when we read from Moses where he saw the burning bush. So it had a holiness. So then you could see some of those same connections there. There at the end of Genesis, there was a video about the Messiah showing the connections between Genesis to Jesus. So those videos are what I really like because it helps paint the picture of what how they all connect together. Um, my mom is actually doing it too. So we've been kind of, we can talk about that and it's really helped us to see those connections in ways we hadn't before. The other thing I really love about it is each day there is reading from right now we're in Genesis and Exodus, but there's also a Psalm every day. And so at the end of the reading, it says, okay, take time to meditate and pray through this Psalm. So then it, that kind of helps refocus. And what's been really cool is that some of the same themes that you've seen connect to the Psalms because it's all the Bible and it's all God's word. And so it's been really cool to see how those connections um, and what we read in the Old Testament are connecting to the Psalms. And so that's been really cool to, I've read the Bible before all the way through, but I'm seeing some connections in a different way than I did before. So that's been really helpful to me. Amen. Give her a hand. Way to go, Audra. Now, I am using uh, this year, that's what I'm using uh, through that to, to read through. And um, you can use a variety of tools. And, and, and so I've read through the Bible uh, cover to cover, straight through. I've read through the Bible chronologically, beginning with Job. I've read through the Bible uh, in 90 days, I've read through the New Testament in 40 days. I, I've, I've done all those things, and we have pretty much have presented those things to you as a church. And every way presents something new, okay? So I don't do any one way all the time. But you need to be using a way, a tool, an app, whatever it is, to be doing that. So let's, let's oh, I'll, we'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. Next week, I'll show you the video for holiness, because that's what we've been talking about. And just like Audra and Katie, I just made it through a couple months ago uh, through Leviticus. And so this holiness video came out. And I'm like, oh, I need to show that because that's that's what we're doing. There, There's an overview video for every book of the Bible. So, you know, I you could uh, I, I watched the Hebrew one, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. The other night. Well, we dived into chapter 10. What's the whole book about? Okay, so those are the things. Now, so we'll look at some of the, we'll see what those videos are. And believe me, it that's helpful too, because you're like, man, I hope a video, you know, you pop it up. And I use the notification, so it says read scripture today. And so at 6 a.m. that pops up, and uh, and maybe like an hour later I'll get around to it. 
and read scripture, but I'm like, oh, I hope there's a video today. <laughs> you know, it's just good. They're good. They're fun. All right. So here's what you do when you read. Read and write what God is saying to you. So like, uh, I love these little books and these kind of things. You can get them on sale at uh, Barnes and Noble all the time. And so there's always when I'm reading, if I don't discipline myself, I'm like, man, that is just really good. And, and then I don't write it down. And I don't care if you don't come back to this for one year, two years, three years. The point is just writing it down is a way to get it back in your heart. Remember, the kings had to write all the Pentateuch down. And, uh, and, and of course, now with Facebook and Twitter, you can share with people what God's teaching. You don't preach to them, but you can just share. You know, that's far better than what most people share, I promise you. So read and write. Read and pray what God is saying to you. Read and obey what God is saying to you. And then read and share what God is saying to you. Now, draw near for the right purpose. Draw near for the two main practices, through the two main practices. But here's the third principle. Believer priests take bold action to make drawing near a habitual holy priority. A habitual holy priority. And here's, it takes bold action. And I like that wording. Bold action is required to make drawing near a holy habit. Holy habit. This is all in present tense. It says, draw near, let us draw near continually, repeatedly. This isn't a one-off. Continually draw near. And draw, drawing near, uh, forming habits are hard, aren't they? Right? Now, if you say, I want to drink one glass of water after breakfast, I I read research this week, do that for 21 days and it will become automatic. But when you take a thing about, I'm going to read two to three chapters of the Bible, or even one chapter every day, it's going to take more than 21 days to make that a habit. A habit is where you do it automatically, you know, it's just your instinct. Okay? And here's the good thing. When you get in the habit of drawing near to God, it's just like running and exercising. Once you get in the habit, when you miss a day, you're like, oh, I don't feel as good. You know, oh, things aren't, oh, I didn't get into God's Word. For some of you, that's a foreign concept. You've never felt that. Because you haven't been in God's Word enough to know what it is to not be in it. Right? So the goal is not to condemn you or guilt you for that. The goal is to say, hey, draw near with this confident attitude. Get in the habit so that when you miss, you long for it. And you're chanting in your heart, we want the king. We want the king. Okay? And then finally, it takes bold action is required to make drawing near a holy priority. So let me just throw out a couple things as we close. When are you going to do this? And I've heard all sorts, and we can talk a little more about this, but here's the bottom line. All the great men and women of God got up early to draw near to God. Do it the first thing. Just do it. And if you work really early, then do it as soon as you get off of work. I don't know. You, you just, but make it a priority. Rise early. Uh, do it. Uh, get in God's Word before you look at your phone. That's a John Piper principle that's a good principle. Now, if you're using these apps, you do, but you got to turn off your notifications because I, I, if, if I don't turn my notifications off, then every five minutes some, something's beeping at me, right? So you got to turn your notifications off. But look, get into God's Word 
before you pick up that phone. In other words, we ought to be praying in God's Word like we are, like we are with our phones. How many times did you look at your phone already this morning? At least once? Yeah. How many of you prayed and read God's Word this morning? Well, thank you, Randy. appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Make it a prayer. Read God's Word before you eat. The psalmist said, I want your word. It's sweeter than honey. Right? So, notice what it says at the end. We've heard from God today. We've shown you from His Word. We've shown ways. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Draw near to Him. And here's the good news. Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. He'll be there to meet you. You can enter into the King's presence, and it's okay to love on Him and to share and to be transparent. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the holy privilege of calling you Father, Father God. And though you're in heaven and big enough and large and in charge of all this crazy, chaotic, rebellious, sinful world, you care for me as a father. You know every hair on my head. You know the deepest secrets and needs of my heart. And we all, as believers, can come in. Man, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for providing the provisions to make that possible. Lord, I thank you for Audrey. I thank you for Ty. I thank you for many in this room who do this on a regular basis. But, Lord, we all want to do it. Let us all draw near. Let us all draw near, knowing that you, Jesus, are the same as you were with Moses and Joshua. You are the same today, and you will not let us down tomorrow, no matter what it is we may face. And we give you the glory for this, and we rejoice in our status as believer priests. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you have questions or need help, we're always available.